Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org forward slash resources. Thank you so much. And happy Mother's Day one more time. I know everybody in this room is either a mother or has a mother. So today applies to all of us. And mamas are just amazing. And I'm thankful for my mom and my mother-in-law who will be listening to this by podcast. Um, I just want to shout out to them that they are the best moms ever. So today I want to share a little bit about how to be a healthy mama. If you're not a mama, it totally applies to how to be a healthy Christian as well. So um, whether you are in a season of trial or in a season of abundance. There's just some basic principles that we can apply to our lives to help create a healthy environment in and through us. Um, This past year has actually been probably the toughest season of my life. I'm 42, and I have been a hope-filled optimist my whole life. Like, the the cup is not just half full, it's overflowing. Like, I've been like, I believe that everybody is amazing, and I'm just like, I had been a super positive, pretty innocent person um, until the last year. The last year has really kicked me down. I probably don't smile as much as I used to, and I tend to look at people, instead of thinking, oh, you're so amazing, I start to look at them like, and how are you going to hurt me? And my rose-colored glasses have lost a little tint. And so I have been challenged like never before to not care about what other people think, but to still care about people. The Lord is challenging me to be healthy and to bounce back to who he has created me to be. And um, so he sent me on this journey of being healthy, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally, to not burn out, but how to be healthy. So today I'm going to share just some spiritual and some practical things that um, some steps that the Lord has been walking me through to health and to healing. So my circumstances have not changed. There's still people who talk about me, who talk behind my back, or complain about things that I do, or things that I don't do, right? Um, I still have 11 kids, nine of them, between the ages of 12 and 19, in that super I want to be independent stage, right? So I still face being kicked down, but I was not created to be a victim. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So how do we walk victorious? How do we walk victorious regardless of our situation, our season, or our circumstances? Because we are on a Holy Spirit-led journey. And I want to be continually aligning myself with heaven. It was really neat this week. My sister sent me a verse in the morning, and I was like, hmm, I like that verse. That's a nice verse. And then I sat down to work on my sermon, and I had pulled up my notes from the day that Pastor Tom um, requested that I speak. It was the same verse I wrote down that day. Yes, I love that witness, that God weave. And so it's Psalm 107, verse 9. And it says, for he satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. 
Because we are on this spirit-led journey, aligning ourselves with heaven, and he will satisfy us, and he will fill us. Because God has called us to live abundant life. So as we process each day, whether it's positive or negative, that as we're processing, we need to continually be directing ourselves towards that abundant life, processing it in a way that's toward abundant life. Eric Johnson was closing worship during the leader's advance, and I was watching it online, and he started talking about our lives like a gas tank, and that we have these things that um, are unnecessary drains, like worry and fear and hurt. And he said these are just draining us unnecessarily and that the Lord wants to plug those unnecessary drains. And so I just pray that as I share this morning, the Lord would just be coming to each one of you and be plugging those unnecessary drains, that hurt, that worry, that fear would just be plugged up. Because we wanna stay full and live that overflowing, abundant life. Because hurt and discouragement can drain us really quickly. So what do we do if we feel threatened by someone, if we're jealous, if we feel gossiped about, when we feel rejected or when we feel like a failure? Because we all have that come against us sometimes. So what do we do? Because I'll be honest, there's nothing like a bunch of adolescents to keep me on my face before the Lord. Or sometimes just on my face. Sometimes all I have the energy to do is just fall on my bathroom floor, that cold tile floor, and just weep. And um, <laughs> I have great kids. I really do have really good kids. But there's just moments where they just push the boundaries on clothing and music and respect, and the list just goes on and on, right? Because they have moved from that stage of dependence to that stage of independence. And I just hang on because I know that this stage two will pass and we will find this beautiful place of interdependence. And so I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on for that place. And so um, I saw on Facebook this week, one of my friends said that they were holding a six-month-old when their two-year-old came up and vomited all over him. And then a moment later, the six-month-old that he was holding had a poopy blowout. And so he was co covered in poop and vomit. And um, we get that, right, moms? Now, the Apostle Paul talked about poop in the Bible, so it is okay for me to pop talk about poop from this stage. So, um, but as moms, we've all been peed on, pooped on, and vomited on, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so when Zachariah, he's our oldest, when he was born, we were actually house parents at a children's home. And so we took turns on the poopy diapers. Like I could hear Kenny from across the house go, hey, he just pooped and it's your turn. <laughs> and so when, uh, when we left the children's home and Kenny went into other ministry, I was on my own after that and that was tough. I enjoyed having his help. But um, do you ever feel pooped on by people? Yeah, not physically, but with their words, their actions. I have, and I'm sad to say others have probably felt it from me too. So how do we clean up the poop? Because I never left the poop on my baby's bottoms, right? Because it smells, and it leads to rashes and soreness and pain. You don't leave it there. But the thing is, when we emotionally get pooped on, we often let it linger, 
And not only do we let it linger, we smear it on other people through gossip. Can you tell I'm the children's pastor? They really get it when I talk about these things. So, um, But we cannot help it when people poop on us. We can't. But we decide if it lingers or if we flush it. It is our choice. Do we let the Holy Spirit come wash over us, remind us who we are, and that we can walk away in freedom? So flush the poop, people. If that's all you get today, it's going to be worth it. (laughs) Be unoffendable. Be unoffendable. Forgive. And what I tell my kids sometimes, quit hating on each other. Right? We've got to make a decision to let it go, to move past the hurt and not get stuck. We cannot play the victim and blame it on others. Powerful people can respond in love in the face of pain and fear. And you are a powerful person. You can respond in love regardless of what's coming against you. So our best choice when hurt, discouragement is coming against us is to forgive. To forgive others, to forgive ourselves. Because we all have tough days and we need to move past that hurt, forgive, and get on with loving people. Some of uh, the like, most immediate signs of have I really forgiven is that we have love and hope for tomorrow. That we have the ability to bless and to cherish those that we have forgiven. And once that offense has been forgiven, we don't bring it up in conversation anymore. We don't use it against that person again later. Because when we commit to unconditional love and acceptance, we protect our relationships and our connections. When we commit to unconditional love and acceptance. So I was reading um, Danny Silk lately, and he talks about the most effective tool is to understand. It's not to get the other person to agree with me, but to understand where are they coming from, where are they feeling, what are they believing, to understand the people that we're in relationship with. He goes on to say that sometimes it's important to agree to disagree to maintain healthy connection. Now, I'm not talking about sin issues. I'm talking about opinions. Because when we believe the best about people, we bring out their best. So if you want to see the best in someone who's annoying you, believe the best about them, and you're going to bring out their best. Uh, One of my favorite Danny Silk quotes, I actually texted this to my 16-year-old recently. It says this, it is my job to manage my heart so that I can respond in love to you no matter what you do with you. Let me say that again. It is my job to manage my heart so that I can respond in love no matter what you do with you. Because life is hard, and it's filled with transition and change, and especially as moms, this, it goes so quickly from birth to 18, that time where you have them in your home, and it, and it goes by in a blink of an eye, unless you're in the diaper temper tantrum stage, then it can drag. I know when we first brought one of our kids home from another country, they would like scream for hours at a time, and we would hold them and hug them and pray over them, and I thought, this is the longest 
season of my life. <laughs> but now he's like amazing and he's awesome. And I think, wow, that went by in a blink of an eye. And actually, um, our son, Zachariah, graduated from Cape Fear Community College this weekend. Yay. He graduated on Friday. Um, but it was yesterday that we were on the porch of the Outback Steakhouse along with my in-laws and a lot of other people. And he was potty training and he just whipped it out. And just peed right in the bushes, right there from the porch of the outback. And we were like, my mother-in-law turned around and said, I don't know you guys. <laughs> but that was yesterday. And today he graduated. Well, not really yesterday. Please, I mean, you know, I'm saying it felt like yesterday. Let me not, <laughs> not literally yesterday. Let me not get him in trouble. But it felt like yesterday that we were just at that potty training stage. And so life is full of quick transition and change. And so... Uh, we have a choice with change to come together and to collaborate or to complain, to focus on the positive or the negative. Chris Valentin says, tough times will either bond you or break you. So collaborate and work together during the tough seasons because blaming only causes division. Arise and shine in the darkness. Don't let negativity or unforgiveness build up. Keep a clean slate in your relationships and in your emotions. Keep a clean slate in your relationships and in your emotions. We often hear about keep a clean slate in your relationships. Don't go to bed, you know, mad at somebody and all that. But we don't often think about keeping a clean slate in our personal emotions. And um, Kenny and I were walking. We walk every night um, just to have time together, talk about our days, stay connected. And we walked. And it was actually a really unusual time. Just for some reason, everyone was happy. And we're like, do you want to walk while the still daylight? And so we walked at an unusual time, and we went past a neighbor. And I was like, hi, how you doing? Because, you know, it's the polite thing to do as we keep walking. And she goes, not good. We stopped in our tracks and turned around and said, what's going on? And we had the opportunity just to pray with her. But she was talking about how she is so depressed. She's even going to the hospital for shock therapy for her depression. And we just were able just to pray with her and to encourage her. And I just, I've heard so many mamas lately of young children. And, and she has grown children and grandchildren. But just sharing lately with me about feeling unworthy about feeling discouraged, about feeling depressed. And just because you feel something does not mean you are that. Just because you feel it, it does not define who you are. It does not define who you are. But it got me thinking, how do we stay healthy emotionally? How do we keep a clean slate and what's going on in, on our insides? Because anxiety and depression just wants to latch onto mothers. I've really noticed that. And the voice of the enemy says, you don't measure up. You aren't good enough. You're going to mess up your kids, or maybe you've already messed up your kids. It's too late. And we need to tell him to shut it. We need to not let the lies from the enemy take root. Because God is big enough to fix all of our inadequacies. Any decisions that we wish we could go back and change. He's bigger than any of our mess-ups. So I just pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that you would come and break off any inadequacy in this room, any negativities, any should-haves, any failure, God. We just break that off right now in the name of Jesus. Because we've got to be real with what we're facing. 
else we can't get free of it. We have to be authentic in order to break this stuff off and to grow. So just break off any lies that try to attach themselves to you and declare the truth. Because you guys are doing a great job. You're raising world changers. Moms have such an important job and you make such a huge difference. Because every child that you have been given, natural or spiritual, are gifts from God. So moms, each and every one of you, do not grow weary. Take care of yourself. Don't feel guilty about taking care of yourself. The best way you can take care of your family is to take care of yourself, to be healthy. Because we have got to be healthy people. We cannot afford to be unhealthy with, with, with the days that are ahead of us. We cannot afford to be unhealthy. Yesterday I felt grouchy. I just felt discouraged. Like nothing was ever going to work out. And instead of catching my bad attitude, I made excuses for it. Oh, I'm just grouchy today. It's something I ate. It's, you know. And I did not realign myself with heaven. I just made excuses. And I paid a price for that. Three of my little kids had a total meltdowns at various times throughout the evening. Why? Because I did not catch my bad attitude and align myself with heaven. And I brought that into my environment. Because what we carry, we bring in and we affect where we walk, where we go, we affect change. So I have some, a few strategies, eight of them, if you'd like to take notes, and that help me to be emotionally healthy. They have a natural and a spiritual component to them. So number one, be cheerful and hopeful. This helps you to be happy and it helps you manage stress. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, be cheerful no matter what. doesn't say be cheerful when things are going well. doesn't say be cheerful when people like you. It says be cheerful all the time, no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. So being positive does not mean you don't have negative thoughts. It means you don't let those negative thoughts take root. They don't get to hang around. They got to go. Just this week, there was a lot cleared on our street, two doors down from us. They came and they took down all the trees. It was a pretty exciting day. And my neighbor next door, next to the lot, she goes, there's a whole lot more sunshine coming in my house now. And I thought, negativity is like that. It's like these big trees that get in the way of the sunshine coming into our lives. So do you have a forest of negativity that you need to come get cleared out today so that the sunshine, the shining sun of the Father can shine in to you? Let the sunshine come in, clear that negativity, and have hope. Having hope pushes you through the dark, challenging times. It gives you a vision of what is to come. Psalm 42, verse 11. My spirit, why are you so sad? Why are you so upset deep down inside of me? Put your hope in God. Once again, I will have reason to praise him. He is my savior and my God. Psalm 42, 11. And then in Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. 
It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right into the very presence of God. So grab that hope with both hands and never let go. So be cheerful and be full of hope. Number two, accept who you are. I read this quote this week, and I, I don't know, maybe one of you posted it. I don't know, I don't know where I read it. I just, it caught my attention, and I took a picture of it with my phone. And then I went back, and I couldn't figure out where I got it from. But it was a really good quote. And it says, the only way to overcome your weakness is to rely on God's strength. To do that, you have to stop focusing on your weakness. You cannot look at everything you are not. You must look at everything God is. Focus on his strength and all that he is willing to do for you. Because remember, we are made in his image. Genesis 1, God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So don't compare yourselves to others. When asked what she would say to herself as a young mother, Jen Johnson said, I would tell myself, don't be so hard on yourself. I spent too much time worrying about cleaning and organizing. Give yourself a break. There is grace enough for what you need to get done. And Holy Spirit, help me to see what that need to get done is. And let the rest go. She said, don't try to be a superhero. She said some of the best parenting advice that she was given was to not compare her life to the life of someone else in a different season, to not compare her life with somebody who is an empty nester or somebody who is um, single. And um, she advised just to fight for that personal time with your spouse and with your family. She said, hold on to your no when others ask you to do something that Holy Spirit has not led you to do. Hold on to that no. Because parenting life and life is a spirit-led journey. Everyone's is not the same. Yours is unique. Your family that God has given to you, your connection with the Lord and your listening to what he is telling you to do, that is your Holy Spirit-led journey. So number three is stay connected. Hebrews 10, 25 so stay connected, Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more as you see Christ's return approaching. Because sometimes the voice of the complainers is the loudest. And the voice of the accuser telling me I didn't do good enough can be really loud. And we all long to be known to be celebrated, to be encouraged. So on Wednesday night, I pulled up to the stoplight heading home from church. I had spent over four hours cleaning and then preparing and then hanging out with 25 of your amazing kids who asked endless questions, who vied for my attention, and who I just like was just pouring out what Holy Spirit was saying to help these energetic children draw closer to God. And so... I had poured out and poured out, and I was on empty with a car full of kids still screaming for my attention. And Karina pulled up next to me. She rolled down her window and said the most amazing thing to me. She said, thank you so much for all you're doing. I felt so celebrated, 
so encouraged. And it was such a refilling moment. So I just challenge you guys, encourage one another. Before you walk out of this room today, encourage somebody. It super makes a difference. We're challenged to do it in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. So encourage one another with the hope you have. Build each other up. I use that verse a lot at my house because, you know, kids kind of get fussy with each other. And I'm like, encourage one another. Build each other up. So number three was stay connected. Number four, declare thankfulness. There are so many verses in the Bible on thankfulness. The first one I memorized as a child was 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in how many circumstances? All. All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Because it's pretty hard to be complaining about your circumstances when you're declaring thankfulness. Thankfulness pushes out that complaint. To have an attitude of gratitude. It makes such a difference because our attitude is super important. Because sometimes I wake up and before I am even out of bed, I'm overwhelmed. And it's not only my hair that is frazzled, but my attitude. So I've just got to start declaring that truth before I ever step foot out of my room. And thank God for the bazillion things that I have to be thankful for. Because we all have so, so much to be thankful for. And when we are thankful, we become more positive, and we're actually better able to reach our goals. Like, thankfulness is really powerful. It's a super powerful tool. So number four was be thankful. Number five is find purpose. When we have a purpose or a goal that we're striving for, our life takes on new meaning, and it just supports our mental well-being. Psalm 57, verse 2. Psalm 57, 2. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Find purpose. Where do we get purpose? Who's going to do it? God who fulfills his purpose for me. Psalm 138.8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. We have purpose. We've been called to purpose. I'm like a super big list person. I love lists. And as a mom, my days are often filled with laundry and dirty dishes and an endless list of things that are never accomplished. Because by the time my dishwasher runs and I'm ready for the kids to unload it, there is already a pile of dirty dishes in the sink. Right? Um, and sometimes at night, I call my kids little mice at night because it'll be midnight and I can hear in the kitchen doors opening and shutting, you know, and dishes clattering. And I'll wake up in the morning and my sink is full of like these dishes. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they had for snack last night. And I can tell because it's encrusted in the bowls that they have left in the sink. <laughs> like frozen peaches and granola and like all these variety of things. I'm like, you guys get creative at night in the kitchen, but my list is never done. So how do you find purpose in the mundane? For me, it helps to check it off the list. Like say I do laundry. I will check laundry off my list. I did laundry. Sure, at bedtime, the basket's already full again. But hey, I did laundry and I checked it off my list. 
<laughs> Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nation, that's what I had in mind for you. And God has something in mind for each one of you. He has a plan. He has a purpose. If you're feeling a little purposeless, ask Holy Spirit and explore your natural talents and interests and find out. Because God says, I had holy plans for you. That's what I had in mind for you. Number six, be led by Holy Spirit wisdom and priorities. So not just wisdom and priorities, but your Holy Spirit-led wisdom and priorities. Not being led by the loudest voice, but being led by vision, not opinion. By this I mean vision from the Lord and what he has said, because his spirit will infuse us with wisdom each day. 2 Timothy 1.7, I'm going to start midway. God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Good time management is super valuable in that. In Ephesians, it talks about that. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it says, So be careful how you live. Do not live as people who aren't wise, but live like people who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. The days are evil, so don't be foolish. Instead, understand what the Lord wants. And sometimes that's delegating. Like, what can you delegate? Like, Kenny's always telling me I do too much because the kids can do so much more and it actually helps to prepare them when they do a little bit more. For example, this week, there was, when I was working on writing this sermon, Anna Grace walks over to the sink and she goes, oh, I feel bad for whoever has dish duty this week. And I was like, oh, is it that bad? And I jumped up. I went over there and I was like, oh, I'll just help for a minute so it doesn't overwhelm them. Seriously, I did. I washed like over half the dishes and then I rinsed out the other ones. So there was a nice little neat pile of almost done dishes for the person who has dish duty. Delegate. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay for our kiddos to help us. It prepares them for their future. So get your priorities in order. Listen to Holy Spirit. And not every request deserves a yes. Revise as needed throughout the day. Modify for your unique circumstances. And know that you do have the ability to do all that you have been called to do today. Philippians 4.13 has got to be said here. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Number seven, take care of your body. Sleep, eat healthy, and exercise consistently. This like boosts all like your neurochemicals, your serotonin, your dopamine, and a bunch of other things I can't pronounce. But it will actually help you relieve stress and depression. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I know I can feel a difference in my attitude. If I don't start out with some exercise, even if all I have is 10 minutes to do a couple of jumping jacks, run in place, and maybe do a burpee or two, right? But exercise will give you a boost. It'll help your attitude throughout the day. So number seven, take care of your body. And um, number eight, my final, this is how to 
be emotionally balanced is to be mindful. And that means to pay attention to the now. Let any negative or distracting thoughts pass through your mind without getting caught up with emotional implications. Laugh a lot or laugh a little. It produces that nice, happy brain chemical, serotonin. So laugh. Relax. Don't freak out about doing things perfectly or according to what anyone else says. Relax a little bit. Laura, read this. She posted this. Really encouraged me. Didn't know you made my sermon, did you? She posted, she said, rest is a weapon given to us by God. The enemy hates it because he wants to keep you stressed and occupied. Yeah. So rest is a weapon given to us by God. The enemy hates it because he wants to keep you stressed and occupied. So rest is a weapon. Remember that. We must become just like a child to enter the kingdom of God. We were walking after dinner as a family one day out back. There's like a retaining pond with an alligator and everything. And um, our little Jacob, he was just spinning around, just free and happy. He had no worries, complete trust, quick forgiveness when his siblings would annoy him or bother him when he was wronged by them. And I was like, I want that, to live in the moment, not to worry, to have complete Trust. He knew that all of his needs were going to be met and so quick to forgive, living in the moment. And the other Wednesday night, I was cooking dinner and I was running around just stressed. I was like, I've got to be on time for church. Kenny usually works all the way through Wednesday from morning to night. But he surprised me and said, I'm just going to pop home for dinner. It's like the first time in a year. And so I thought, oh, I've got to get dinner on the table too. And I made chicken and everything and I'm bustling around. I set my food down. I turn around to get something and the stinking dog jumped up on the table and ate my chicken. Now, I only make enough chicken for each person to have a certain amount. So my chicken was now the dog's because I was, yeah, it was gone. He like swallowed it in one like gulp. And I was like, Wah! and Kenny said, Heather, relax. This is supposed to be fun. I rolled my eyes, and then I let it absorb a little bit. Um, but he was right. I was supposed to be living in the moment, enjoying dinner, instead of rushing about what was yet to come. I had to let it go. And later that night, I was teaching the kids, because it was a Wednesday. I came to church, taught the kids, and I was leaning against, we have, I have a music stand instead of a nice podium like this. I was leaning against my music stand, and the kids and I, were, we were laughing. We were talking about John the Baptist and how he ate locusts and honey, and I had a picture of the locusts and honey on the screen, and we were just laughing together. And I just had this aha living. I was like, oh, I did it. I'm living in the moment. And it was just like this amazing aha moment. It was just beautiful, being mindful, living in that childlike faith. Matthew 18.3, Jesus said, what I'm about to tell you is true. You need to change and become like little children. If you don't, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So when I get stressed or out of alignment, I love this verse, Micah 7.7. 7. Micah 7.7. 7. But I will look to the Lord. I will put my trust in God, my Savior. He will hear me. So the eight strategies, number one, be cheerful and hopeful. Number two, accept who you are. Number three, stay connected. Number four, declare thankfulness. Number five, find purpose. Number six, be led by Holy Spirit wisdom and priorities. Number seven, take care of your body. And number eight, be mindful. Have that childlike faith.
So I just want to finish with Psalm 116. There's a couple really good spiritually healthy, how to be, because we talked a lot about how are we going to be just emotionally healthy. And this is just a little bit, making sure we stay on track also spiritually. Because we were talking about how to be emotionally healthy and how how Holy Spirit helps us to get to that place of emotional health. But we want to make sure that we don't, we're not just stuck on, oh, great, I'm emotionally healthy, but we got to stay spiritually healthy also because that all goes together. And so Psalm 116, number one, believe in him. Verse one says, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Believe in him. He is present and listening and respond in love. Number two, cry out to him. Verse 2 says, because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. So cry out to the Lord. Talk to him. Pour out your heart, your fears, your worries, your joys. Share with him. Number 3, follow him. Verse 9 says that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Follow him through your daily life. He is the shepherd and we are his sheep. Number 4, drink him. Verse 13 says, I will lift up the cup of salvation, and call on the name of the Lord. He is our cup of salvation. We thirst and he alone satisfies. We talked about that at the beginning. He fills us. He satisfies us. He wants to come into your life to meet your very deepest needs. Number five, obey him. Verse 14 says, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. Obey him. He has a great plan to prosper you, Jeremiah 29, 11. Surrender to him is the way to victory. Number six, serve him. Verse 16 says, truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. So serve him, say it out loud, offer yourself as an offering. Number seven, thank him. Verse 17 says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Think through your blessings and the benefits and thank him. And number eight, live for him. Verses 18 through 19 says, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, Jerusalem. From now on, live for his glory. Talk of his blessings. Come into his presence and worship and adore him. As we close, I just want to share, Brian Johnson says, life begins after surrender happens. And as Karina and I, we were just connecting for a moment, right when it was time um, to kind of have the closing of worship. And she's like, what are you getting? And I was like, well, I got a lot because I'm preaching today. I was like, what are you getting? And she started talking about surrender. And I said, that's it. That's already what I have planned for ministry time. And so it was just so neat to see how God is just calling us to this place of surrender um, it's Bill John, or Brian Johnson says, life begins after surrender happens. Life begins when we step into the light and are fully exposed. That is when perfect love gets the prize he paid for. So healthy mamas, healthy Christians, I just declare that you will keep your spirit lifted with his spirit. That his truth would resonate in your life and that your thoughts would be aligned with heaven. Be a strength Never lose hope and always be the encourager that constantly points to the destination. So I just want to take a minute um, to pray for the mamas. If you want to go ahead and put quiet music on or whatever, um, I just want to uh, close with prayer. So God, I just thank you for today. God, I thank you for each mama and spiritual mama in the room. God, I thank you for each person 
in this place. God, I ask that you would give each of us, God, a sense of contentment, God, and a zest for living, God. God, give us the ability to laugh and to have fun, God, and the ability to deal with stress and bounce back from adversity. God, I ask that you would give each of us a sense of meaning and purpose in our activities and relationships. God, give us the flexibility to learn new things and adapt to change. Help us, Lord, to balance work and play, rest and activity. Help us to be quick to forgive and to continually keep our love on regardless of our circumstance or what is being thrown against us. God, I ask that you would help us to find our confidence and our identity in you. God, let us walk with perseverance, with favor and blessing. Help us, God, to be the healthiest physically, emotionally, and spiritually mamas and Christians on this planet as we live for you, God. God, we just love you. Help us to live surrendered lives, God. For a surrendered life is your will for all of us.